Hi, this is John Mitchell, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. My guest today has been in many, many bands from It Bites, Frost, Kino, Lonely Robot, Arena, and more. John Mitchell. John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here, Rodrigo. Did I get all the bands right, or am I missing anything? Or uh, You could have probably get, kept going for another 10 minutes. There are probably <laughs> some are. That I forgot <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's various things, of course. The Urbane, I think. But then, you know, these things don't always run concurrently. So yeah. once yeah. something is done, people always go, you know, well, you're in so many bands. Well, no, I was, or I have been participant in various <laughs> bands over the years, but they're not all, they don't all run concurrently as it yeah. were. So no, yeah. I mean, you know, Kino isn't really a thing anymore. So I don't know if you mentioned Kino, but you don't have to mention Kino. <laughs> <laughs> I did mention, actually, I don't know if you remember, but the first time we talked was when the second Kino came out, but uh, I love yeah. that album. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was it was a thing that we did. <laughs> we, you know, it was it was um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It was a moment in time, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, put it together. But um, yeah, it's uh, everything has its place in history. Fair enough. Well, we're here to talk about the new Lonely Lonely Robot album entitled "A Model Life." Um, correct. Yeah. I'd like to start by asking what the title represents, because the last few years have been far from a model life for most of us, right? Well, that's kind of exactly it. And, and so the, the title is somewhat a, a sardonic exercise, mm. really. Um, you know, uh, quite so many things have gone wrong in a lot of people's lives. And we've lost a lot of people. A lot of people have died. And a lot of people have, who, you know, formerly had certain roles in their lives in terms of jobs and, and what they did have had to re sort of reset what they do and yeah. relationships have come to an end. And, you know, um, obviously the, the title, I just thought, well, yeah, this is far from a model life. So yeah. I just, I call the album a model life where I whine about the way things should be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you whine in a pop kind of way and in a somewhat positive kind of way for for the most part. So, for the most part, <laughs> yes. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, uh, you you know, um, I think I, I know. I, I don't. I I I think none of the best music ever written was particularly. Uh, I think people are, are drawn to to sort of um, solemn or you know downbeat music. I mean, much as I love Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine, I wouldn't want to listen to it on repeat. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, even Roger Waters uh, often makes mockery of himself when he talks about poor old whiny. You know, when he, he, he I think I watched the the DVD from uh, uh, the Wall Live, which he did a few years ago now, and he's and he's talking about him. He does a duet with himself singing the song Mother, and he goes, "And here is where I accompany my 
miserable, unhappy, whiny younger <laughs> self. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a time and a place for every kind of music, I guess. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. 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 Well, except, it, except simply red. There's no time and a place for that. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted, and I agree. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, the press release did not mention it, but uh, I'm assuming that uh, just like all the other Lonely Robot albums, this one has you doing pretty much everything, yeah. and Greg Blundell on drums, right? Yeah, um, I, I should probably be uh, completely, I should uh, hold my hand up and say, well, yes, he is on drums, but <laughs> not in the way in which you might think. See, normally what would happen is that um, he would come to my studio and we'd, you know, we'd spend a day or two um you know just going through the songs quickly putting down maybe three takes of each song and you know he doesn't tend to get much uh notice when it comes to recording on my albums i kind of just tend to let him turn up and i'll play the songs a couple of times and he'll chart them out then he'll do what craig does which is just uh try and be as interesting with uh time as he can be you know um in terms of what he does within the measure of the, of the you know the song um now, of course, I don't know if you've noticed, but Steve Hackett's been on tour for a very long time. Um, yes. He, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It, it's like, I, I think he, he kind of, uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not convinced he owns a house. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he, right? He's like, right, he's never there. Yeah. He's always on tour, <laughs> which means that Craig is always on tour. So this time yeah. round, we had a, we had a, you know, I mean, I, <clears throat> much as, uh, much as I'd like to ring Steve Hackett and say, Steve, go and take a holiday, mate. <laughs> it wasn't possible. And in the same way, um, the way and I normally record uh, Craig with um, V drums because I just find that's the easiest way to work. And in this day and age, um, it's very easy to make. Um, when I say V drums, I mean, you know, you're recording MIDI information. You know? mm -hmm. So like a, an electric kit and well, I, I rang up Craig and said, I need to get these drums done for this album. And he said, well, I'm on tour. And I said, well, can we do it remotely? You know, whilst he's on the other side of the world, can you somehow, you know, hire a, a, a V drum kit, a TD50 from Roland? Because he's endorsed by Roland. Um, mm -hmm. So he he could, uh, I thought he might be able to get Roland to send him an electric kit out to his hotel room or something. I, not that he, uh, you know, obviously uh, a day off should be a day of rest, not playing drums on my silly <laughs> Anyway, the practicality of was, was it, I mean, I, we did talk about doing it remotely and then I just realised that there wasn't going to be, uh, you know, he, I, I, I did set up a Dropbox with some of the mixes without drums on them so he could try and do it remotely. But for one reason or another, you know, it didn't, it, it, you know, I think he must have had his hands full or something because, um, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't come to pass. So what I did instead was, and um, uh, uh, in, it's in the spirit of uh, of green living and, and carbon neutral footprint, I, re I recycled Craig Blundell. Uh, <laughs> Good stuff. I, I, I found, I found um, you know, because he's played so many drum takes for me over the years, I kind of, I went through a lot of the stuff that I, cause there, and also there are songs and stuff where he's played drums that people haven't heard. So I kind of, I found a bar of Craig here and I found a bar of Craig there. And, you know, I kind of, I recycled him, which is not, right. which is not ideal, but you know, um, when I did this album, you know, you have a you have a deadline which you have to be quite strictly adhered to because uh, you know it all hangs on bizarrely, it all hangs on vinyl releases, and yeah. in, order, in order to get a vinyl printed in time, it has to be about eight months in advance. So I didn't really want to miss my 
window of opportunity. So right. decision. Yeah, and I spoke to I, you know, I, I spoke to Craig. Well, I, I was messaging Craig the other day, and he was asking about it, and you know, he he kind of, um, I think you know, he knew that. Uh, well, that's I said I didn't want to get anybody else in on the record because he's a friend of mine, and we've you know he's played on pretty much everything I've ever done. You know, yeah, well, it's certainly since you know since I've known him for about sixteen years now, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So I just thought you know rather than get somebody else in, I'm gonna I'm gonna recycle him. And yeah. We'll do it the way we normally do it. So yes, it is Craig's DNA in the songs because they are, you know, um, it's Craig in binary MIDI form. <laughs> Good stuff. You reached your ESG goals on this album for sure <laughs> by recycling Craig. But that's yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm carbon neutral in terms of yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think uh, on the other Lonely Robot albums. Uh, you dealt with more sci-fi themes, but uh, and feelings are good. The previous album and on this new one, you you opted for some more personal lyrics. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know. It's like I think I, I felt, you know, those those first three albums are a trilogy, and obviously self-contained, yeah, self-contained trilogy. And you know, I didn't really. You can't. Well, maybe I. I mean, you know, I felt I I I'd, I'd done everything I wanted to do um, with those sort of themes in mind of you know the the visual themes of the astronaut thing and 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 the sort of lyrical ideas the big the, the great big expanse ideas and the constant continual reference to the pale blue dot and carl mm -hmm. say all those things that i sing about on those first three records and i just thought well yeah um i just wanted to go back to making an album which i thought you know to go back to making music which could be about anything you know not just about um man's search for meaning you know? <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a rather sort of more uh, you know on a rather more pretentious scale as it were so now these songs are a lot simpler and, and, and about more personal things you know which yeah. is great. but uh you know the title um i suppose in a way the title lonely robot when i think about it and why i thought lonely robot would be it's quite fitting really because um you know working on this music as i do largely on my own mm -hmm. and, and the way that i work you know i mean i work very long hours and i work within a very strict period of time and you know i don't get much sleep during that and i just kind of like i'm like a, <laughs> I am a like a machine not like a machine in that in that i'm not creative but i'm very driven and set in my ways right so yeah and obviously i don't when i'm making an album i don't really meet many people because i'm busy making the album so lonely robot seems quite a fitting title nothing to do with astronauts or whatever it's yeah. just quite, quite, yeah. an quite an autobiographical title mm -hmm. and another thing i noticed as well in terms of difference is the other previous covers had a lot of visual elements this one that you can see here in the background is a lot more minimalistic i should say um yeah yeah, did you have an influence on the end result or? Yeah, no, totally. I knew exactly what I wanted it to be. I mean, it's a, a little bit different in that originally I wanted it to be, um, you know, those signs you get like, um, uh, like do not cross the road signs or, you know, right. those stick men. Mm -hmm. And originally I, I said, I said to my friend Twig who did it, I said, I, I want it to be uh, two stick people hugging. <laughs> and it was like, really? So he showed me what two stick people hugging would look like. And I was like, yeah, that does look a bit crap. So we went, <laughs> went for a line drawing instead, which is, 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 you know, um, there was a, I just wanted it to be quite like you say, it's very simplistic, you know, um, 
And of course, progressive rock albums are always like full of wizards and spaceships and stuff. Yeah. That's what and mountains like. and dragons and yeah. mountains yeah. and dragons and then, um, <clears throat> yeah. I look, I look, I look, uh, Rio Okamoto. I looked at his album cover recently. I was going, well, that is very proggy. Yeah, came out last week, I think. Yeah, and it's so proggy that my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, I just thought, you know, actually, to be fair, with 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 Lonely Robot, the first album, it's quite a simple image. It's just a, an astronaut holding out a robot. Yeah, the second one. Is a bunch me in a bed surrounded by a bunch of people with animals' heads on, which I suppose is a bit freaky. <laughs> and the third one is a, a, an astronaut picking up a speaking spell from a desert, which I suppose I actually quite like that. Yeah. I, 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 out of those three, that's probably my favourite. But like, yeah, then I, I kind of then I and then 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 the last one's a bit rubbish, really. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being shocking, but it just looks bad. So <laughs> I wanted to. Um, this one, I really just wanted it to be. Um, there was a company called Styler Rouge who used to do a lot of album covers in the 90s, mm. a lot of popular bands in the UK. Um, and they used to do very simple but iconic album covers. And I wanted it to look kind of in the vein of what they might do. Because, you know, life should be a lot simpler than it is. So I wanted a very simple drawing, you know, to illustrate that. Right. That's an awesome concept. I love that cover. Yeah. And uh, as usual, we work with time constraints to write the album, something you really yeah. feel comfortable with, right? Uh, does the ticking of the clock push you to write in any way? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, it's not even that. It's I just don't like protracted, elongated periods of time. I don't mm. like... I don't like things... I mean, it's funny. I've, I've spoken... I know, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with quite a lot of musicians and, and the way they go about doing things. I mean, the way that... Marillion make albums is very, I mean, it's about as far away from the way that I would make it up. Yeah. They, they all get in a room and they jam. Jam, yeah. They and they take session. the best of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it's not even them. I think they get their producer to listen to it all and glue it together. Wow. With <laughs> super glue so it doesn't come apart. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's great. But I mean, I can't imagine anything worse than jamming. I mean, jamming is like, it's, I mean, I, I, I'm not very good at jamming, you know, mm. jamming is some people I re rely, I mean, on, you know, Pete Travis, who I've known for many years, he's a very spontaneous bass player, you know, yeah. one minute will be thundering away down here, then he'll be up here like Chris Squire, then he'll be back down there and he, he never, you know, he's very, you know, he's a very, um, he's a very good, spontaneous musician he's very sort of uh, creative and he's very in the moment whereas i like to uh, i like to, I'm, i just like the idea of you know slowly composing things well not slowly but i don't like the idea of jamming and hoping for mm -hmm. the best it's it's not the way i at all and the idea of doing it with five other people is horrific to me so, <laughs> but they do you know what they do is great and the way they go about doing it is great so yeah you know i mean what works for them, you know, and then yeah. I'm speaking to Steve Wilson about it. And he says he might write a song and then forget about it for two weeks and then come back to it and then change it and then do a bit more. And, and I'm like, man, I would have forgotten entirely what the, what the whole thing behind the song was after two weeks. I mean, I like, right. you know, so maybe I've got some sort of musical ADHD or something, but I need to, um, <laughs> I, that's where I shouldn't use that term of phrase. Cause it is a, you know, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, actually, it's quite entirely possible that's what it is because I just like to get inside the moment and not stop until the moment is over and 
it's finished you know right well funny you say that because i was speaking about a similar issue with uh eric johnson he's a guy who takes his time in the studio and uh he mentioned you know, it's that funny. It's, it's funny yeah. you mentioned him because i spent an evening just watching eric johnson videos the other day <laughs> maybe you saw my interview with him yeah i i, I was what well, he was like rick beato i was looking at his oh. interview. yeah i'll look at yours next don't get jealous um fair enough <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, yeah, he's, I, I, well, sorry, you were, you were telling me a story, sorry, Karen. Yeah, no, no, in the interview, he mentioned that uh, Jimi Hendrix had an idea, uh, and they had, like, 20 minutes in the studio, and that was uh, when the wind cries Mary, and they did that in 20 minutes, no, no more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly, Jimmy's yeah. right, and Eric should think about that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the thing I like about Eric Johnson, weirdly, isn't his guitar playing, I really like his singing. Um, yeah. I remember buying Arvi music on as a kid and just thinking, well, you've got a really nice voice, man. You should make more of that. Stop with all this fast guitar playing and sing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, think he's, I think he's a great singer. He's a great, he's obviously a great guitar player, which is why yeah. I kind of got into his music. But then, you know, it's like, he's a great singer as well. And I think he's a great singer. Yeah. Uh, 40, Mile, 40 Mile Town's a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, back to Lonely Robot. Uh, the first song that was revealed is called Recalibrating. Uh, and I love the video treatment, which is very vintage looking. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about it is it's, you know, um, uh, we, uh, we <laughs> yeah, I didn't, it was, that was put together by a guy in Portugal, um, mm. which is, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, I had nothing to do with it. And yeah, it's kind of turned out cool. I mean, yeah. I had, I kind of, the funny thing is before that we had i had some very very strong ideas about what i wanted each video to look like and they might not be the best ideas in the world but they were certainly my ideas as it were <laughs> um and we couldn't and miles who normally does my videos who i love working with miles scarin at crystal spotlight who's brilliant um and he did he's done like all the stuff pretty pretty much most of the stuff that i've done visually um mm. and he did that whole wonderful under stars kind of um animated thing that he did which was brilliant so i'm i i um with as far as you know i we the trouble was miles is because he's so good he's become very popular and because he's very popular uh that means you know the uh, the superstars in his world get preferential consideration obviously and um as much as i'm a superstar in my own mind uh, <laughs> miles is busy with more successful people and that's fine so it's very difficult to tie miles down to to you know to getting to, to get him to work with me um mm -hmm. at the moment uh and you know and i kind of we lost a bit of time because i i, I kind of wanted i had tried to find somebody else to do the video the way i imagined it and 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 for one reason or another I kind of lost faith in that idea and I thought, well, okay. And I said, Freddie, let's, let's get the, you know, the guy out in Portugal to do something. And he did that and he looks really cool and sort of, yeah. you know, very different. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of fun and, yeah. uh, so it's a bit of fun. It's a very sad, it's a very sad song, but in, in yeah. a way, but I suppose uplifting in others, but yeah. Yeah. And there's another song in the album, it's called that uh, digital God machine. And I think it's a tribute to the, those who are on the internet telling people how to behave and how to do things. Uh, I'm curious about the sound effects at the beginning of the song and about the, your choice of theme for it. Right. Okay. So, well, look, <laughs> I, 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 I just, there's one thing I don't understand. Right. And, and it's really simple. If you don't like something, you know, my mom always said, if you've got nothing nice to say, just don't sure. say anything, you yeah. know, maybe it's cause I'm, 
particularly English and my mum was particularly polite and was never rude to anybody unless they pissed her off. And when you knew, you knew when she was pissed off, but you know, she wouldn't, you know, um, and don't, don't get me wrong. My my mum wasn't a shrinking violet. You know, she used to she used to go on um, C and D as an organisation in the United Kingdom uh, campaign for nuclear disarmament, and she was vehemently opposed to nuclear weapons. She was a pacifist, mm. and so she used to take me along to these marches. So if she believed in something, she would you know she would be out outspoken about it. That being said, you know she was always polite. And I just don't understand and happy, you know, um, I find that the, the more popular your music becomes or, you know, the more you, if you put something creative out there, there's always going to be some idiot that just wants to come along and criticize. Yeah. Well, not even sometimes it's just, it's, it's, I think this is a, you know, it is, yeah, criticize, but I think there's a, a facet of today's society is it's more important to have an opinion about whatever than not have an opinion <laughs> at all, you know? Yeah. And I just, I see some of the comments that, you know, that, I, and, you know, very, you know, I suppose in a way I should be more zen and, <laughs> and not let it upset me. And I don't let it upset, well, I, it upsets me because, you know, I mean, there was a guy recently who just kept sitting on my, um, on my, uh, my, my YouTube channel who just kept going on about how he thought I was autistic. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, imagine if I was. How? Well, why would that be a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> Don't the Google campus hire people on the autistic spectrum because they're far better functioning with figures? I, I, you know, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I actually am slightly on the autistic spectrum in certain. Don't read certain social situations very well, but. Um, mm. In terms of, I thought, what a what a horrible thing to keep going on about, you know? Just, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What does it make yourself look like an idiot? Like, yeah. it's, it's bullying, you know. And yeah. And then you know, it's just, maybe it's is it particular to progressive rock? And I don't think it is particular to progressive rock. It's just it seems to me that you know you get a lot of people who are very blunt and very um, say some very forthright things and without. Or maybe it's just just people these days in general now that they yeah. have the platform. I, I don't get it. You know, it's like I've never ever felt the need to go onto a band's forum and and go, you know, like like onto any band's forum. I mean, you know, I, I'm I. There are some progressive rock bands I'm not massively fond of. Like, I mean, I'm not massively. I know that you're in Toronto. I'm not massively fond of Rush, but. <laughs> I know I, I'm going to tell you why I'm not massively fond of Rush. It's nothing to do with Rush. They can't help this, right? But yeah. when I was a kid growing up, right, you're supposed to discover your own music, aren't you? <laughs> yes, of course. And I was in a band with these two guys at school, and they forced me to listen to Rush. <laughs> <laughs> we had to, and I had to learn Rush songs so that we could play Rush songs in our, in our set. <laughs> I learned all these songs like La Villa Strangiata, and I called uh. I can't sing these songs because it's way too high. Right. Well, I feel it's an instrumental. So. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going, hey, guys, this is great, but why don't we listen to some Iron Maiden now? And, then uh. like, and then we're like, no, <laughs> fuck Iron Maiden. I'm like, well, fuck Rush. So that's my attitude ever since. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Rush's fault. I actually, I've watched that Behind the Lighted Stage documentary about right. six times. I, they seem like really nice people. And they are. I actually quite like a lot of their. Um, I really like. Is it Power Windows? The eighties stuff where they the Power Windows. Yeah, the stuff, the stuff that probably diehard Rush fans don't really like. I really do like. I think when Rupert Hein got involved in them, that sounded good to me. You know, right. But well, I would never. I would never. Never. The point I'm making is, I would never go on Rush.com or whatever on their forum. I don't know if they've got a Rush.com forum, but I would never sit there going, 
Rush are terrible, especially yeah. God of this new album. But you know, obviously they're not a thing anymore. But you know, if I'd have, I would never, wouldn't dream of doing that. I mean, why yeah. would you want to do that? I yeah. don't want to upset Alex Lifeson. Of course, yeah. Well, like a fun guy. Yeah. Oh, and they have a song from 1989. This is pre-internet, where it goes like, "Everyone knows everything, and no, no one's ever wrong." And that's applicable for the internet today, not just in music, every subject. Right, we had specialists in COVID, and then Ukraine, now Taiwan. Everyone knows everything about everything. So yeah, and everybody <laughs> wants to say that they know everything about everything. Exactly. That's the other problem, uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that song because there was a guy on, on one on one of my forums the other day. You know, because uh, uh, I did one of the the, the video uh, for the Island of Misfit Toys. Mm. This guy clearly didn't didn't like the song, and he said. <laughs> I really hope the rest of the, the album isn't as bad it's as this. Bad. Oh. <laughs> and I replied to him saying, well, it's funny enough, the next single is going to be called Digital God Machine, which is all about fans of music about you. Yeah. who have a very outspoken opinion about what I should be doing and feel the need to share it with me. So I thought you might find that relatable. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's irony. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, in a certain way, I think the album ends on a trilogy because I feel like Rankings, Duty of Care, and In Memoriam are somewhat related thematically. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, thematically, yeah. Rankings is about the fact that when I was, you know, it's very much um, going back to the, the the hardship that is being English. <laughs> <laughs> the hardship. Yeah. Uh, you know, English people are quite famous for being um, reserved and, you know, um, you know, not not as emotionally stoic. Uh, yeah, stoic. Yeah. Good use of the term. <laughs> Very stoic. And rankings. I remember um, my cousin saying to me once, and my dad used to say this to me. He said, "Whatever you do, you know, if you're upset about something, you mustn't cry in front of people. It looks, <laughs> it's a sign of weakness." And I remember thinking, "God, okay." Um. Um. So. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what it's about. And the fact that that's about the worst advice you should ever give to anybody because, you know, um, releasing emotion is exactly that, a release. And mm -hmm. I think that kind of advice is set back, uh, 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 you know, the, the male the male of the species of the English foreman for, for decades and decades. And I think, you know, I wish, I, wish, uh, I wish it wasn't that way, you know, and I wish it wasn't ingrained in me because... <laughs> You know, instead of letting emotion out, you let it build up in you and you find yourself, instead of, you know, being upset, you find yourself instead replacing that with anger. And that's an even worse emotion, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what that's about. And then um, uh, duty of care is kind of about the conflicted relationship I had with my dad. And, and, and indeed, the, the, um, the fact that, you know, my mum was completely the opposite of that. And she was a very loving person. And just a really kind woman and and it was you know i it is it is you know it is about my two parents and then finally in memoriam is about the fact that i think i in conclusion i have spent a, a large amount of my life trying to live up to some imaginary ex because my dad died when i was 12 and I, mm -hmm. I think i spent a lot of my life trying to live up to some imaginary expectations which he may or may not have had placed upon me had he remained living mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to live up to some sort of ideal or level of success, which he, he, you know, he was a successful guy. And of course, you know, I'm adopted. So 
you know, I'm from a point of view. I mean, there's some interesting documentaries about the nation of nurture or uh, nature or nurture. Um, mm -hmm. It's a very interesting documentary on Netflix called, I think it's Stranger Next Door, about uh, three triplets that were put into were adopted off and put in different homes and how their upbringings, you know, um, changed. Yeah, yeah, changed their yeah. outlook. How completely different they were as people because of their upbringing. And I remember thinking, yeah. I mean, you know, certain things about you and I, are, uh, you know, are going to be good at certain things. I'm, I'm not in terms of, uh, you know, I'm terrible with money and academia, and like, I'm not very good with, not very good with figures. You know, I'm not a mathematician. I would make a terrible <laughs> mathematician. But from a creative perspective, I think I'm, my strengths are in the creative field. You know, like in painting, and you know, I did an art scholarship and making music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, you know, so I could never, my dad was a civil engineer. He started out being a civil engineer and he was always about figures and maths and, you know, you know, a practical point, you know, a practical sort of scientific approach to things. Right. That's just not me. So why I put all these expectations on a completely different career path complete. And I think it's only in the re last couple of years I've come to think of it. Well, you know, you know, I am my own person and, you know, he's been gone a very long time and, you know, you kind of got to get past that, really. So those, yeah. that's kind of what the last song is about. You know, yeah. I didn't know you were adopted, and in that sense, I guess uh, the island of misfit, misfit toys takes a completely different meaning for me because you know it's about adopted kids, right? It is. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. Glad you, glad you picked up on that. You know. Yeah. And of course, every well, anybody that's adopted, well, not anybody, but you know, a lot of people. I mean, I've got uh, uh, two of my best friends. Um, Jez Fielder and Paul Fielder, they were both adopted. Mm. Um, and you couldn't imagine, you know, they're adopted from uh, different parents to the same family. And mm -hmm. I, can't ima I cannot imagine two closer siblings, you know, even though they're not blood related, I can't imagine two people who are, you know, who love each other more and are more sort of in tune with each other. And that comes through, you know, growing up together and, and bonding with it. So it just goes to show you that, you know, you know there are facets that 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 you know, there's certain certain biological things that you can't misstep. Like you know, your hair might fall out. I mean that's not going to happen to me, obviously. It's all, it's all still there. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of you know. Um, and I remember. I mean, I mean, I remember. I've never remembered a time when I didn't know that I was adopted. Mm -hmm. I've known I was, and and my mum was very clear about that. But I remember, you know. Um, standing between them in St. Paul's Cathedral um, at Christmas time and they were singing and yeah I uh, <laughs> it was like <laughs> listening to two cats being murdered and that's when I realised I was adopted <laughs> <clears throat> I'm glad you didn't pick up on that particular facet so for sure yeah you have a great voice I'm just, well no actually I'm kidding because I couldn't sing then either but you know it's, it's funny you know um when I was my when my son Sasha was little, and I used to I used to just amuse myself because he used to get really embarrassed when I would sing at him, you know, mm. just I'd sing songs, you know, just to just because uh, I I spend a lot of time just singing to myself when I'm walking around the house, and right. when I used to sing at Sasha, and he goes like, "Dad, stop singing, it sounds bad." <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to tell you, you found your voice, definitely, because, you know, I was talking to a friend of yours, Matt Stevens, from uh, The Feast and the Dead the other day, Oh yeah. and the minute I hear you singing, I know it's you, and it's a quality that very, no, a small group of, of vocalists these days possess, so 
Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's out of everything that I do, you know. I mean, I, I, I started playing piano when I was about six, and I started playing violin when I was about seven, and yeah. guitar when I was about 12 or 13, because I thought, you know, I'd get loads of girls. Uh, I used to like, you know, yeah, man, look at Bon Jovi. They've got loads of girls. <laughs> I want to be like Bon Jovi. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I started playing guitar, and I thought, you know what? This is too much fun. I'm going to join a progressive rock band and not get girls. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Why didn't I join Chic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, but the singing was the last thing I kind of started doing, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's taken a long time and a lot of practice and a lot of kind of learning because some people just start singing when you know when they're in their teens and they're really good at it and that was not me at all i was awful, right. awful. <laughs> and it's really only in recent years when I've, I've got to a point where i feel comfortable doing it and it's always been a case of i was the singer because nobody else wanted to do it so like right. in kino we originally had ray wilson who was going to sing for us Mm -hmm. you know the guy from stiltskin and genesis yeah and he changed his mind he was like i don't want to be in a band anymore and i can't say i blame him because neither do i <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, for a while he was going to be the singer and then he, he bailed out on it and then we you know i was talking to thomas varber and it was like well maybe we can get the guy from mr mr maybe we can get this guy man and then eventually i just thought just i'll just i'll do it i'll do it <laughs> all right calm down everyone i'll right. do it i'm glad that that was the case yeah yeah, and I, and I kind of listened back to that. I can't really listen to that first Kino album now. I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. But, you know, it's over, over since that time, since 2005, I've probably got a bit better at it just through continually doing it. So, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I think we're running out of time, but before I let you go, what are the plans for your other future, uh, or your other endeavors like Frost, Arena, It Bites? I'm going to leave all of those bands. Yeah, it's a robot from now. No, um, <laughs> I'm done with bands. Um, well, we 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 finished an arena album about three weeks ago, mm. so that's that's now done. So that's the end of that for some time. Um, so um, it bites. Well, we kind of have to do an album. We signed a contract, um, and I just haven't got round to it yet. But I will. When it starts getting colder, and I don't want to go outside anymore, we'll release it. We'll record it by its own. Frost, well, that's just down to Jem, you know, because Jem's a busy guy. Um, and I know that he, he's very busy with, um, you know, he, he, he does a lot of um, sort of media-based stuff for radio too and, and does a lot of stuff for radio. So it's mm -hmm. you know, have to work it around, you know, as and when he wants to fit that in or if indeed he wants to do another record. Um, we've got a tour in November, which I think is going ahead. So yeah, okay. those, those things are all going to happen, but you know, for now I'm, I'm just, I'm happy with this album, you know, I'm, I, I want, you know, it's like, you know, I might never do another Lonely Robot album. So I wanted this one to be as, as you know, what I think is, 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 is certainly my favorite of all of them, you know? Right. Right. And then you do have uh, live dates planned for Lonely Robot, right? Yeah, we do. We yeah. got them in February, and again, it's down to. I mean, I don't want to sound like a negative ninny, but it's down to whether or not they've. You know, a lot of people are not taking a chance on going to concerts still. So, mm -hmm. um, whether or not, um, whether or not, you know, if it's financially feasible to do, and of course, because of Brexit, you know, it, it's it's cost inefficient going to Europe at the moment for people in the UK. 
so we'll see i mean i want them to go ahead because we've rescheduled them twice already and it's it's you know it's getting beyond a joke now so let's just <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope by february more things are sorted out and 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 uh we've sold millions of tickets and i can, yeah. I can go there without any worry fingers crossed john absolutely thank you so much for the interview and very welcome I'm, i'm very shiny so anybody who it's this people who watch this are they right so yes i really sorry everyone my makeup assistant <laughs> uh let me down sorry um and i don't have my powder puff to hand so apologies. that's all right that's okay. all right okay. thank you so much man all the best cheers bye bye, bye.